Hi everyone and welcome to the Persistent Pain Podcast. My name is Shane and today we're going to talk about why pain comes back. So first of all, before we get into today's topic, if it's your first time listening to the podcast, make sure you're following me on Facebook, you're following me on Instagram. So it's at Shane Mooney Physio or facebook.com forward slash Shane Mooney Physio. Um, so that's S-H-A-N-E-M-O-O-N-E-Y-P-H-Y-S-I-O. Um, also, I've got a private Facebook community specifically to help people in persistent pain or chronic pain. So if you're in chronic pain, make sure you join that Facebook group. It's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash persistent pain uh, and it's really important if you are in chronic pain to join that group and I really want to make that group a really safe place for people in persistent pain to go and get help so I don't just want it to be a support group where you can share your frustrations because there's lots of them out there but I want it to be something different where you can actually go and get help and start your journey to becoming completely pain free and overcoming your pain okay so th- those are, are the important things to do first um, back to today's topic why does pain come back now I work full-time as a physio and this is a question I get asked all the time especially with people suffering with uh, chronic pain or persistent pain and it's a typical scenario where maybe you know that they have a flare-up they rest and the pain goes away but then you know three four months later or three four weeks later they have another flare-up and the pain's back for a while then it goes away again or if you're in a current flare-up you know you can take some painkillers have a good few hours and the pain comes back or maybe have some treatment whether that's massage acupuncture physio chiropractor whatever temporarily for a couple of days maybe feel okay but the pain comes back again so what factors cause that pain to come back now pain is is very complex so i'm not saying that that this podcast is going to completely clear that up for you because it's very unique to your situation pain is very unique to, to the individual but in my experience if the pain comes back it's normally down to two factors And now, like I said, this is not the be-all and end-all, but these two factors are really, really important to consider if your pain repeatedly comes back. So I'm just going to talk, give the two headings first, and then I'm going to expand and get deeper on both of them. So the first one is either you haven't got to the root cause of the problem yet, and the second one is you haven't built enough resilience. And in my experience, genuinely, most cases of the pain coming back again can be attributed to these two factors. So going back to the first one, you haven't addressed the root cause of the problem. Now this is a big one because I think when most people are in pain, they assume the area of pain is the problem. Okay, um, so like if you've got back pain, for example, you assume the back's the problem. You know, you, you're you're so focused on the back, getting massages, stretching, whatever, but the pain keeps coming back. And, and we had a, a a discussion in the Facebook group um, this week about that. Um, one of one of the people in the group, they were saying the same thing, where they almost get up in the morning feel stiff get moving in the day and, and not too bad but the, eventually the pain comes back in the evening again and and you know i'm doing all the stretches for the back and it helps but the pain keeps coming back again so the stretches for the back are good but if the pain keeps coming back that's probably a symptom of a bigger problem okay now at a basic level that probably means that there's some changes going on in your body in response to something else that's putting the back under too much stress. Okay, so in, in the physio world, we'll call them motor adaptations. And all that basically means is, again, this, I've used this example a few times because I think it's it's quite an easy one to, to understand and relate to. But let's say I sprained my ankle. So let's say six months ago, I sprained my ankle. Now, at the time when I sprained that ankle, obviously it's going to be beneficial for me to not put much weight on that ankle because I'm going to need to protect it a little bit. 
Okay, so I'm probably going to favor the other leg. I'm probably going to do more work on my hip. I'm probably going to do more work on my back. So if I'm bending over to pick something up and my affected leg is in front, if you imagine or picture me bending over towards the floor to pick something up, and if I've got a choice to push through my foot and lift or use my back to get up, I'm probably going to use my back because of that recent ankle sprain. But what the research tells us, what the research highly suggests, is that even when the, the damage is healed, you know, 8 weeks, 12 weeks later, whatever, my ankle sprain's better, it's gone, it, it's back to normal again. I don't necessarily go back to using that ankle normally, and the body kind of stays hyperprotective, okay? And over time, so like 6 months later now, I might start to get some back pain, and then I might be able to treat that by getting massages or whatever, but unless I sort out the ankle problem, it will keep coming back. Because the back pain is the symptom, it's not the problem. I hope that makes sense and and even if you've got a disc problem or something like that that's been confirmed by an MRI it's probably not the disc that's causing the the pain it's the irritation of the disc and, and the nerve that's causing the pain and the reason the disc and the nerve have probably got irritated is because the back's doing too much work okay and if it's your first time listening to the podcast make sure you go back and listen to the previous episode what the MRI findings actually mean to kind of understand that a little bit further now that's at the basic level on a deeper level, obviously, pain is multifactorial. So it's not just the physical things either. And there's a lot of other stresses that can contribute to it as well. So obviously, physical stresses are the obvious thing. So that could be things like positional stuff, the positions you sit in, the, the things you're doing all day, movements, etc. Um, it can also be lifestyle stressors. So that could be things like um, sleep. Um, it could be things like, you know, um, the, the work-life balance and that kind of thing, um, social life, all that kind of stuff, uh, and then emotional stresses as well. And that's going to be things like, you know, stress, anxiety, worry, fear, etc., which is associated a lot with back pain, obviously. And it's a vicious cycle, really, because normally it's something like a physical stressor setting it off. But then you're not sleeping as well because of the pain and that's a lifestyle stressor. And then because you're not sleeping as well, you're probably a bit more agitated, a bit more irritable, a bit more emotional. And all that stuff then just heightens the pain experience even more. So it's really, really important that we can address all of these factors. And, and you re if you're working with a therapist at the moment or, or if you're trying to sort out your own pain yourself... It's really important that you're looking at all of these factors. So even if you fix the physical thing that might have started it in the first place, there might be a lot of secondary things as well which are contributing to that too. Okay, so at a basic level it's fixing the root cause of the problem, but on a more deeper level we need to look holistically, we need to look at the whole person, we need to look at you as an individual, the things that you're doing that may or may not be helping your back pain, may or may not be contributing to a poor night's sleep, which then it might have a knock-on effect, etc. Okay, so I hope that makes sense and, and it's, it's really, really important that you consider all of those factors if you are suffering from pain. So, if your pain comes back again, that's one of the most common things that I see. Either you haven't fixed the root cause of the problem or you haven't considered the other factors in, in your emotional side of things and lifestyle factors that are contributing to it as well. Now, the second reason the pain keeps coming back is you haven't built enough resilience. And this is probably the biggest mistake I see really on a, on a daily basis um, where people, you know, he, by no fault of their own, they're doing their best. But, they, you know, they, they have a massage, they take some painkillers or they rest or whatever and they feel great temporarily and then they try and do too much again too soon. And like too much too soon in the early stages could even be just be going for a walk. You know, so it doesn't have to be something strenuous, but unless we gradually expose the body to the movements that we want to do and let our nervous system adapt to that and realize it's safe, it tends to get hyperprotective around the back again. 
And again, that, that's like, it's like jumping from zero to 100 too soon. And especially if you've got a lot of back pain, we really, we don't need to be slow necessarily, but we really need to be gradual. And if we take those gradual steps, we can usually make a big difference. So even if you fix the root cause of the problem, it's important to build resilience afterwards. So fixing the root cause of the problem, like on, on a physio bed or whatever, like if you go into the into the, into the the physio room or you go into the, you know, get a massage or whatever, and they're assessing you and you get up and, and you can bend down and touch your toes afterwards, you have to appreciate that that's not going to last unless we then start to do that a little bit faster. Unless we start to do that now, we're actually lifting up, lifting up something, lifting up the hoover, lifting up a washing basket, you know, because that's real life. In real life, we don't do it nice and controlled and slowly. In real life, it happens a lot quicker, bending down to, to tie our shoelaces, etc. So once you can do that nice and steady, so like after a treatment, for example, now we need to start to expose you to a bit more speed and gradually build the speed up. Then we need to maybe add a little bit of load or we start doing it with a light weight and then maybe a heavier weight. Then we're doing it at speed with the weight and then we're adding a bit of unpredictably going in different directions, etc. Okay, and that's just a, a generic example. But for whatever movements you struggle with, we need to gradually build it up. And it's a bit like one of the analogies or one of the, the terms I hear a lot for it is poke the bear. So you want to gradually expose it to the things that it doesn't want to do. Rather than avoiding them completely, we want to hopefully desensitize the area so that we can do it successfully. And then gradually expose it to those movements so that we're not going into pain, but we're actually improving at them rather than avoiding them completely. And I find a lot of people with back pain have a lot of fear avoidance, especially with bending forwards. So instead of actually improving their ability to bend forwards, they just avoid that movement completely. So it's important that we gradually expose you to be able to do that. Okay? So that's the, the, the second biggest mistake that I see people make, is they don't build enough resilience. And now, if you do have back pain, if you've got a 10-year history of back pain, and I was definitely guilty of this when I first started treating people, it's going to take time to do that. Okay, so you're not going to get rid of, of 10 years of pain in, you know, three or, three or four sessions. You might get rid of it temporarily, but you need to really build strength on top of that, especially if you've had this pain for a long time. Now, fair enough, if it's something acute that's obvious, is it a direct mechanism that's happened that's never happened before, usually we can get rid of those episodes quite quickly. But if it's, if it's a chronic case that's been going on for a long period of time, it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of, a lot, not that we can't get rid of the pain quickly, but to make sure it stays away, it takes a lot of work and strengthening and, you know, building resilience to make sure you have um, a long-term pain-free life. And that, that's the most important thing. So it takes a lot of work in the short term, but obviously it's worth it in the long term. If you can live a life without pain, obviously then that, that, that you're, you're going to do it. So... And I think a lot of people don't realize that or, you know, they, they don't believe that because they haven't been exposed to it yet. And then those are the people that you see who maybe suffer with pain for 30, 40 years. And, you know, it's a horrible thing to go through. And I see people all the time and, you know, they're, they're, they've tried everything. So I can totally understand that they've gone to physios, they've gone to chiropractors, they've gone to doctors, but they just haven't got the, 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 good, the right advice for them, let's say. Um, and then they've all of these different opinions coming from different people and I appreciate I'm giving another opinion but all of these different opinions almost confuse them they get a lot of worry then and, and they just don't know where they're at and what to do but back pain is definitely fixable even if it's been going on for 10 15 20 years as long as we take enough time to get the symptoms to settle down and then build the resilience to make sure it doesn't come back again okay so just wanted to do a, a real quick case study from a patient I've been seeing recently just to kind of help hit this home. So this guy, this wasn't back pain, so something a little bit different. He was actually getting, um, it came to me because he was getting left-sided left -sided sciatic pain. 
Okay, so he's getting pain down his leg, left-sided sciatica. But when we went into his history, he's a lot of issues going on in his right knee. He's had five surgeries on his right knee. Now, when we went back to his, his first injury, it was actually, and it was, he's in his late 60s now, and this is only about 10 years ago, he snapped his left Achilles. So he was bowling, snapped his Achilles. They didn't do any surgery on it, let it heal conservatively. Then maybe a year or two years later, he was just walking, fell off a curb, and it snapped again. And this time he had surgery. Now the surgery went well, absolutely fine, healed okay. Now the really interesting thing is, is he didn't have any left-sided problems after that. But ever since then, maybe the next year, he started to get a knee problem. And that knee problem eventually led to him getting surgery on the right knee. The first surgery was really successful. So he had no pain after the first surgery, everything was okay. But over time, maybe two years later, he ended up getting another surgery because he had a lot of pain again. Went back to the surgeon, they said, okay, let's just do a total knee replacement. So, you know, had the total knee replacement afterwards, you know, recovered and stuff, but he still wasn't right. And then the pain started to get worse and worse again. Got a revision surgery. Then the pain started to get worse and worse again. Then he had another keyhole surgery. And then the pain got worse and worse again. He went back to the to this consultant. They x-rayed the knee. He said, look, the knee is perfect. It's definitely fine. So then they ended up actually giving him a hip replacement. Okay? And all this time, none of it changed the knee. Now, when we look into his history and we look at his first big injury that kind of started this cascade of events, it was his left Achilles. And what I personally think has happened with it with this guy is, is he snapped his left Achilles... His body's probably now a little bit uh, reluctant to load his left side as efficiently as maybe it used to do. So he's probably over the last 10 years just been overloading his right side um, when he's walking, when he's doing things, when he's bowling, etc. And that's led to all these problems in the right knee. So the first surgery got rid of the pain temporarily, but it hasn't fixed the problem because the problem actually is on the left leg. The problem is he's not loading his left leg very efficiently, so he's overworking his right leg. And now obviously... Even though he's got all those surgeries, which may or may not have been indicated. I'm not a surgeon. I'm not saying that the surgeon did anything unethical here. But it just seems a little bit barmy to me that all of, of his issues stemmed after this left-sided Achilles pain. Left, sorry, left-sided left Achilles um, tear. So, if we can treat that rather than going for more surgery. Because that, that's on his, his list now at the moment. Is he's going back for another knee surgery. He's currently on the waiting list. But he's tried that five times and he's had a hip surgery. And none of it's got rid of the knee pain. So let's try something different, get him back onto his left side. And it's still early days. I've seen him maybe four or five times. And did, like this is going to be one of those cases that's probably going to take 10 plus visits. Um, but he's getting better. He's getting less knee pain. His left side of sciatica has gone. And he's going in the right direction. So if and so the reason I wanted to give that case is if you've had an MRI that's shown some stuff in your back, the surgeons are really pushing you for surgery. Or if you've tried surgery and it hasn't worked, look at the bigger picture. Because this guy's had five, six surgeries on his knee and it's no better. You know, and, and, and probably, I think he probably could have avoided surgery in the first place if we fixed the actual problem, which was his left side. Okay, so a lot in this episode today. I've probably gone off on a few tan tangents there as we're talking, so I hope um, I've explained that well enough for you. If you do have any questions or you want me to expand on any of it, again, make sure you follow me on Facebook and Instagram. I'm happy to do a live video there, so um, make sure you just message me. Let me know what you want to what, what, what you want me to expand on. I'm more than happy to do that. Again, join that Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash persistent pain. And stay tuned for next week's episode. Um, it'll be now at least next Friday. If you enjoyed the podcast, leave us a comment, leave us a rating, and we'll speak to you next week.